Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Because it's Mother's Day, I want to talk about something that's really passionate about moms, and that's Boundary Waters. Um, So... I love going to the Boundary Waters. I convinced and manipulated my wife to come with me one time. And uh, I want to—I have a couple slides I want to show you here. And so I want to uh, uh, put up this, this first slide, if we can toss that up. And uh, um, I love going up. Isn't that just a gorgeous tree? It's just so pretty. Isn't it? Isn't it pretty? And uh, I, I love it. How many are just nature lovers? You just, how many are doing something with your mom today nature-wise? Nobody. All right. Uh, and so... Uh, the, uh, the thing is, if you look around, you've got all these other trees, but this was a large red pine from the Boundary Waters area. And what's so cool about this is it sticks out. It, it's set apart from all the other trees. And I look at it and I'm going, man, this tree is incredible. And, and you stare at it and nobody goes to Itasca State Park to look at, you know, the saplings, right? They go there to look at the world's or the Minnesota's biggest white pine or Minnesota's biggest red pine. I know one of them's no longer there from a storm, but we go there because it's huge. And it's like, oh my gosh, Look at the size of that tree. It's crazy. And I don't know why we do that, but it's those things that they kind of set themselves apart from the other trees. You know, this one, it makes more seed. It has taller branches. You can see it. it. It just stands out. All right. Let me show you the next one here. And how many are taking your mom here today? Anybody into a waterfall? Anybody? No, nobody. All right. How many are just letting their mom like watch Netflix all day long? Like that's all right. Okay. And, uh, this is, this is a waterfall up in that area as well. And, and here's the crazy part. You know, you got waterfalls and then you've got little pools of water, but nobody really goes on a hike just to look at, you know, tiny little pools of water or puddles. We look at this. It's teeming with life. It's got life coming out of it. It's, it's, it's like flowing. It's loud. How many, when you walk up to a waterfall, what, you can hear it, right? Like as you get up there, it's just, it's just going. It's crazy. There's so much life and there's power and, and I mean, you swim in there, you could possibly drown, okay? Next one here. This is a ginormous boulder and uh, you've got, you know, giant boulders and you've got little pebbles and, and uh, nobody is like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up to the Boundary Waters because I want to look at the pebbles. <laughs> no, you want to look at the giant boulders. In fact, up in the Boundary Waters, there's even campsites that you can actually sleep on the boulder. I mean, most of it's all ginormous boulders like this and they're incredible and it sticks out. You can see it for miles and miles away. Again, it, it's set apart by itself. It's more sturdy. It's bigger. Um, some of them are, are big enough I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, people like jumping off them, you know, cliff diving or making the rope swing is really fun to do. And I've got one more Boundary Waters pick here for all the women on Mother's Day. Um, the eagle, okay? Now, the eagle, it just soars. Any eagle lovers? If you ever drive by Norris Lake, there's two in the nest all the time. You've maybe seen them. They're always there. And uh, there's two eagles, and they're just always swooping, and they're always out, you know? And, and uh, nobody, I've never heard, unless you can prove me wrong, nobody here has ever said, man, I, wanna, I don't want to go look at the eagles in nature. I want to go look at the seagulls. Never heard a person say that to this. I mean, maybe you're a seagull lover. You're weird. I don't know. But um, we do have prayer available after church. And um, with, with seagulls, I, anybody ever fed a seagull? You ever fed one and then regretted it? If you, 
if you've never fed one, then you've never regretted it. Because if you fed one, you regretted it. We were up at uh, Duluth years ago. Our kids were really young, and we had these cookies from the kids' meals at uh, Perkins. We couldn't finish them, and so I took one, I tossed it up in, uh, in the Duluth Park, and <laughs> seriously, it was like painting. Like, just everything turned seagull instantly, you know? Like, you throw, the, you throw a cookie up in front of an eagle, what do they do? Eh, whatever. You bring your poodle out with you, though? I no. <laughs> I'll just let you figure that one out. Eagles, though, they don't make much noise. They don't worry. They just soar. I mean, they're incredible to look at. Their wingspan is just ginormous. So here's what I want to talk to you about today. We as Christians, or Christ followers, if you will. Now, let me pause for just a second. If this morning you're going, I'm not a Christian, I'm not a Christ follower yet, that's okay. Most of this message isn't for you then today, and that's okay. But here's what I'm going to ask for you. If during this message or towards the end of it, you say, you know what? I want to be a Christ follower. I want to know Jesus. I just want you to text yes to our church number. It's on the program. You can find it because we are a church about those that are connecting with Jesus for the first time. That's what we're about. So I don't do messages all the time that are just for Christians. But today, this message is really only for those that are Christ followers. And I want you to be that. If you're not that yet, I hope today that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Is there anybody here who's a Christ follower that would just love for everybody that's not to give their life to Christ today? Anybody excited about that? Me too. Come on. So let's do this. Let's talk about us as Christians, as Christ followers, and really as an example, what does that mean? How are we set apart like, the, like these rocks or these boulders or, or the eagle? Okay, we are, as a Christ follower, we're not called to look like everything else. Counter-cultural. We're not called to look like everything else. We're not called to look like the world. We're not called to look like, like, like that at all. In fact, we're called to look kind of different. Okay? We're, we're called to kind of be that boulder that sticks out of the water. We're called to be that eagle that is soaring. That, we're not called to be seagulls, thank you God. Okay? We, we're called to be that waterfall that's just teeming with life. We're not the stale puddle that's just sitting there. We are called to be completely set apart as a Christian. Okay? I mean, seriously, come on, man. No one's going to walk five miles to see a pebble. Unless, I, I guess if you're hiking for agates or something, that's about it. Daniel chapter 1, in this book, and, and Becca talked about this last week, but you have this incredible prophetic book, Daniel, and prophetic just being, it's, it's about the future. It's God speaking through his prophet Daniel about what's to come, but the first half of the book, the, the first six chapters, are really about Daniel's life and about the Israelites and really this, this line of Judah. So you had different tribes, it's about the tribe of Judah, and Daniel is here, what happens is they get taken by King Nebuchadnezzar, okay? King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. This huge, not worshiping God, and, and they, they take him, they're into exile, and they're in slavery to, to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And so they've got all of these Israelites, this clan of Judah, they're there. Daniel, amongst some friends, they're amongst all of these people, and they don't have freedom. They're all, they're all together. They, don't, they can't really be set apart at the first first part of it, because they have to do what the king wants them to do. In other words, they're, they're his slave. Well, there's this guy named Ashpenaz. It's a cool name, man. If you're going to have a kid, man, name him Ashpenaz, right? It's not a great, just, just name him Ash for short. My wife says, no, I guess we're done. No more kids, honey. Um, happy Mother's Day. And, uh, oh, there's so many things I want to say that are not church appropriate right now. Um, I'm the pastor. I can't get myself in trouble, can I? I can. Okay. All right. 
So back to Daniel. Um, in, in the book of Daniel, Ashpenaz is the chief official of Nebuchadnezzar. And so he has to find guys that are set apart. In other words, if they only have the Babylonians, they realize that there could be an uproar from the Jewish people. And so they find, you know, these, these other people, they find Daniel and Ratchach, Meshach, Abednego, the, these three that we, we learn about, the three in the fiery furnace that we learn about later that you've maybe heard about. And, and he says, I want you to find people from royal blood. In other words, he's got this like list of things that they have to have, in other words, to be set apart from everybody else. And so they go around and they find Daniel and, and his friends. And he says to Daniel, we want you. But Daniel kind of says, I'm set apart as a follower of Yahweh, a follower of God. And so, you know, I can only do this as long as I don't give in to my convictions. As long as I can live out my convictions, I can do this. And so he has this conversation with Ashpenaz back and forth. And eventually, uh, through a series of events in chapter one, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but read it sometimes. Uh, sometime, what he does is Ashpenaz actually goes to King Nebuchadnezzar and says, I found some. In fact, they're even better than we thought. These guys are awesome. They are set apart. They're, they're perfect. They're going to they're gonna be great for, for working for you higher up than just a normal slave would underneath Nebuchadnezzar. So some of those things within chapter 1 that set him apart were this. Uh, he had to be handsome, believe it or not. Okay, He had to be without any physical defect, it says in the, in the Hebrew. And what that means is, in other words, he's young. Okay, he's got a lot uh, going for him. He's faster. He, he's got it figured out. He's well-informed, has an aptitude for learning. He's teachable, um, quick to understand, had to be of royal blood. So in other words, what that means is he had to be from the line of Jacob. If you go back, Jacob is the one who actually became Israel. That was his name. Qualified to serve in the king's palace and then this is the crazy part what Daniel did. He asked to have no royal food. In fact, they took a vow to not drink anything of royal substance uh, or wine or anything with alcohol. And then they actually became healthier and better nourished than anyone else. In fact, God gave them knowledge and understanding of all kinds above anybody else. In fact, they understood visions. Uh, Daniel understood visions and dreams that the king had that he was trying to interpret and understand. So God blessed him because Daniel was set apart. Well, what does that have to do with us? Let's, let's dive in here just this morning. So if you have your Bible, uh, we're going to go to Daniel chapter 1 and read three verses, chapter 18, uh, verse 18, 19, and 20. It says, at the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked about with him and he found no one equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Okay, these are before their, their other names, which we'll talk about next week. So they entered the king's service and every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them how many times better? How many times better? 10 times better than all the magicians, all the enchanters in the entire kingdom. Like these guys were awesome. They were studs. They were like that boulder. They weren't pebbles. They were set apart. They were the eagle, not the seagull. They were the waterfall, not the puddle. This is who they, they were. And I don't know about you. Maybe you don't know much about Daniel. It's a short book. There's 12 chapters, but just read chapter one sometime. I want to be like Daniel. I want to be like him. I want to serve my God all the days of my life. I want to live without regret all the days of my life saying, God, I gave you everything that you asked from me as a Christ follower. 
And God, forgive me if I ever looked or looked like the world, because that's not what we're supposed to look like. We are called to be set apart. I want my Christian faith to have this go big or go home attitude. I want to display it. I want to live it. I want to live it out every day. Am I perfect? No. Do I get it wrong? Yes. But being set apart as I figure it out and I forgive and I move on and I get it right quick. And though this list I want to give you is far from complete, there's items I believe that set us apart as Christians. So let me just give you just a few this morning. Let's let's make it practical. Uh, The first is kind of, duh, Chris, thank you. Uh, But the first is this. To be set apart, you got to set yourself apart. <laughs> okay? Like, duh, right? To be set apart, you've got to set yourself apart. We have choices every day whether or not we're going to walk out our faith. Sometimes we do a really good job, sometimes we struggle. It's a hard choice, it's not an easy thing to do it all the time. This is what Jesus was talking about, taking up his cross and following him, holding that, you're bearing the burden. I mean, you're going, man, I'm dying to myself daily. I'm not doing what my flesh wants to do, driving down the highway, etc., etc. But we have to know who we are in God, okay? We have to realize that we have a choice every day to follow him or not. And, And when I look at Daniel, he was either incredibly brave or incredibly stupid. And I think he was brave. This is what it says in verse 8. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official, remember that's Ashpenaz, for permission not to defile himself this way. Here's what's really interesting. I don't know about you, but put yourself in Daniel's shoes for a moment. You're here. You're underneath this Babylonian emperor, Okay. And, and he doesn't worship the God you worship. He doesn't believe in your faith at all. And you're walking out your conviction. Well, we see that in today's world. We don't see that in America. But what happens in other countries that don't serve Christ if, if you all of a sudden confess you're a Christian? They either kill you or kick you out of the country half the time. Or they shut down what you're doing. I mean, the underground church in the world today is bigger than it's ever been, ever. And we're, we're, we have a phenomenal country that we're protected in where we get to do this on a Sunday morning openly you realize that freedom that we have is so uncommon worldwide? We, we are set apart as Americans. Isn't, come on, man. Isn't that awesome that we have that freedom? That's awesome. He could have died for this. And Daniel's a real person. He could have, him, his buddies, he could have died by continuing to live out his conviction. But he didn't lie about it. He continued to live it out. And he said, no, we're not going to, Eat any of the king's food? No, we don't want that. Part of the reason is he didn't want to look like he was better or he had bought into the Babylonian emperor. He was set apart. And so he didn't do that. He could have been killed. But here's the really crazy part. Not only Daniel, but Ashpenaz, the chief priest here, or excuse me, the chief officer, he could have been killed for even bringing this up to the king. Like the king could have said, dude, what are you doing? This, these, are, <laughs> these are the Israelites. Weren't you on my side? Have them all executed. But he didn't by God's favor for them living it out. You know, one of my, uh, one of the things I think God is showing us is, and I've seen this in our culture, and I believe firmly that God wants to continue to change the spiritual atmosphere of our community. 
um, constantly. What I mean by that is, you know, this last week, Derek and I had an opportunity on Friday. It was Teacher Appreciation Week. Uh, we went into every single school and every admin building that we possibly could go into, and we delivered donuts. We, we purchased donuts for them and we, from the church, and we gave that. And, and it was crazy. We were taking selfies with principals and with people and staff. And, and, but what's cool is we were welcomed at every single school with open arms to just come in and be a blessing. And I tell you what, man, we're not there to cram stuff down people's throat. We're there to just build relationship and walk alongside people in life saying, hey, we love Jesus. That's what we're about. And we love you. And how cool was that, that that spiritual atmosphere, I believe in our town is already changing. Come on, guys. Come on. That's awesome. Second, your identity. It's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. Okay. It's not about who you are. Oh, I stink. I'm never going to amount to anything. Blah, blah. You know, I, if that's you, I have some homework for you. I want you to purchase a book on Amazon. It's called The Positive Dog. Okay? It's one of those small little books. It's called The Positive Dog. You need it. It's like five bucks. Buy it. It'll be there in two days if you have Prime. It's an amazing book because it speaks to your identity. You are speaking positively and what that means, what it, how it can change our, our attitudes. Okay? But we have to realize how much Christ thinks of us. We need to know whose we are. How many know that culture will constantly try to rename you? Constantly. It'll constantly try to tell you who you are. Well, stop that. Realize whose you are. You are a child of God, okay? You are his, no one else's. That's it. And so rest assured that the God of this universe is in control and he cares for us. The more you reaffirm who you are in Christ, the more your behavior will actually begin to reflect your true identity of who he is. Daniel showed us that. Third is this. I always have an answer, Sparky. I just had Sparky say to remember it. Um, You're called to always have an answer. You want to be set apart? You're called to have an answer. Oh, I'm scared. (laughs) No, you are called to have an answer. You are called to be bold. You know, here's Daniel. He's interpreting the dreams of King Nebuchadnezzar. You know, how? Was it through his power? No, it's through God's power. God gave him that power to do. God has given all of us that power through the Holy Spirit, not just Daniel. And so you always have to realize you have an answer. You have to realize most likely you right now, you're probably the answer to someone's prayer right now. You know, I'll never forget, there was a, a, a girl in college, and uh, she was from a different country, and she would tell this story all the time to us about her and, and a friend, and they were, they were in her apartment, and uh, her friend, like, really felt God speak to her. Now, God spoke to her to yell the name of Jesus in the morning, and, and she thought her friend was, like, losing it, you know, like, you're crazy, but whatever, and so uh, she felt like she was supposed to go over to the window and open up the window and yell Jesus at the top of her lungs. And so she goes over and she's like, Jesus, you know, and, and uh, she's like, that was weird and whatever. They, ne- they never thought about it again. And it was later in that day um, uh, where her friend, again, they're back at the apartment, they got back from work and they felt like they were supposed to do this again. And so they get in their apartment and lady goes up to the window, Jesus, you know, just yells Jesus name at the top of her lungs. And, and for like weeks and months, they, they just, hey, we're just obeying God. We've thought God told us to yell Jesus. That's it. Yay. You know, and, and 
Woo, whatever that means, we don't know. And they're sitting at a, at a shop somewhere and the gentleman walks in and, and they overhear him talking to somebody about how a couple weeks ago he was going somewhere on his journey and he was praying to God and he said, God, I don't know who's the real God and if I could just hear your name loud and clear, then I'll believe in you on the way there. Well, he gets there, here's her friend say, yelling the name of Jesus and just like, a good skeptic goes, I don't believe that. I think that was just coincidence. And so on his way home, he says, I need you to tell me one more time and then I'll believe. You're the answer to somebody's prayer. No pressure. No, a lot of pressure. <laughs> well, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> good. <laughs> Some people, they hear pastor, they run from me, man. <laughs> you know, that's my least favorite question. What do you do for a living? I'm a uh, CEO of a nonprofit organization. Um, First <laughs> Peter three fifteen, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always, so most often, sometimes, on a whim, every now and then, when you feel like you need to yell Jesus out your window, when you want to flick the guy off that cut you off on the highway. When you walk into county market and somebody grabs the cart you wanted, or you walk into Aldi and you can't get that quarter in. Ugh. No, always, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give you the reason for the hope that you have. And do this while shoving it down people's throats. Seeing if you're awake. Do this with gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect. That's the God whom we serve. Here's the next one. Live as if God is not a priority or was not a priority. Here's what I mean by that. Um, you know, I meet with a lot of people and do one-on-one discipleship. And one of the things that a lot of people I'll ask and I'll say, what's kind of priorities in your life? Most people will say, well, God's number one. And I have nothing wrong with that. But here's a new way to think about it maybe. Rather than God be a priority, what if he's at the center of it all? Okay? So think of it more like a wheel rather than a ladder. And at the hub of that wheel, don't make God a spoke, okay? Well, my, my wife's the most important, then my family, then church, then my job, or where, however you prioritize. Obviously, I, I hope that God is at the center of that. But rather than make him a priority, what if he's at the center of all your priorities, okay? And, and I believe that's what God wants us to do. I believe Daniel lived that out. If he didn't, he would have given in and not have lived out, set apart, countercultural to the Babylonian, Babylonian empire. The next one is this. Be fruitful, not fruity. Let me explain. Sounds like I maybe don't have to, but I'm going to. Um, have you ever met a fellow Christ follower that was maybe not fruitful, but kind of fruity or nutty or flaky, like they were a Christian cereal. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of you are afraid to raise your hand right now. It's a little too real today, Chris. You know, uh, we're not called to be that. You know, I watched a, a, a movie recently. Uh, it's a it's a pro life movie called Unplanned and. And in there, they did a great job with, with people that um, have walked through some tough times. And, and uh, there, there was, uh, they were at a, a clinic and there was a gentleman outside and he was, 
he was coming down on people walking into this clinic and you had another group that was just loving on people and just saying, we want to pray for you, we're here. And there's a difference. People know your heart right away. They know if you're there to judge and condemn or if you're there to walk along in love. And, and I believe that we're called to walk along in love and gentleness and respect. And uh, it says this in Galatians, Paul says to us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when you read the book of Daniel, you see that he represents all of these, even in the position as it gets esteemed higher and higher. I've got just a couple left for you. Do the right thing, whether it benefits you or not. I almost had a, a warrant out for my arrest a second time. Had one out once, and then the second time, uh, almost. Uh, we went up to, uh, we go up to, you know, Detroit Lakes area in the summer quite a bit, and we're on the way up, and we stop at this holiday station store, and we pump up with gas, and uh, I'm, I'm outside, and I don't know if you do this with your wife or, y- or your husband, and, you know, you decide one is going to pump, one is going to pay, or unless you pay at the pump. Well, um, you know, I went, pumped the gas, Heather was going inside, so I just assumed Heather was paying for the gas, and uh, uh, I, I finished pumping, and, and we get in, and we leave, don't think anything of it, but it was like in the middle of the night, like two in the morning, I wake up and I'm sitting there going, I wonder if we actually paid for that gas. And, and so I'm like, honey, honey, you know, I'm poking her, wake her up, you know, middle of the night because I can't sleep because this like conviction thing. I'm like, hey, when you went in at the holiday station, d- did you pay for the gas? And she's like, no, I thought you put it on the debit card. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> like, so, so we call, I call holiday like the next morning as soon as they're open and, and uh, you know, five in the morning. Hey, we, we went through and they're like, oh, I, we're glad we're actually going through security footage right now trying to figure out who drove off and we were going to get the police involved. And I'm like, I'm just going to pay it now, you know, I'm so sorry. But I think what happens is sometimes we as Christians can do this. Wow, we both forgot. This, that must have been a blessing from God. And we drive off. That's not a blessing. That's just you being dumb. Okay? Like, <laughs> we're being dumb. We thought we paid. You know, that's, that stealing's not a blessing from God. And so we've got to give to who's, who's it owes. And so I called him and took care. If I wouldn't have, yeah, it probably would have been cherries at, at the cabin door coming up. Daniel could have lost his life, not just a tank of gas. But what you don't think benefits you in God's kingdom usually does. What you don't realize benefits you usually does. Forgiveness, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Here's the last one, Okay. Live for conviction, not for opinion. Live for conviction, not for opinion. Daniel chapter 1 verse 10. The official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord the king. This is Ashman is saying this. Who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you would have been really easy for Daniel to say, you know what, don't worry about it. He could have been a people pleaser. I know none of us have ever dealt with pleasing people, right, in our lives. We weren't no peacemakers here. You don't want to offend anybody. You hate tough conversations. That's nobody here, right? Live your conviction, not your opinion. One of my convictions, uh, you can ask my wife this. I think it's grown stronger since we've been married. You know, uh, I have this conviction on debt. And uh, I'm not here to, if you have debt, you know, I, we, we do Financial Peace University. We want you to have freedom there. Um, but, but that's something that God has spoken to us that we live out. And, 
And recently I had some, some friends of mine told us, man, you need, you need to invest in this business or invest in this or invest in this other thing. And I said, man, that's, that's going to add a, a crud load of debt. And I don't want that. And, and they looked at me just saying, well, you're kind of arrogant. You're kind of prideful. And, and I said, and I could have gone into that and said, oh, you're right. I, I, I should just, you know, invest and go into debt in this. And I chose to live out my convictions. I got to tell you, 20 years ago, that might not have been me because I didn't realize that there's somebody else that has your back all the time, and that's your Savior. That's Jesus Christ who gave it all for you so that you can live the convictions that he gives us. You see, Daniel here, let me close with, with just a couple thoughts. He, has, he was given favor, favor in his culture, in a culture not his own. God will give you favor in a culture not your own. We're not called to just be here. We're spiritual beings having an earthly experience, not earthly beings having a spiritual experience, okay? Daniel has strength to weather any storm. Daniel stands strong in the times of trial. Daniel remains faithful to God and really his family. You see, culture, culture is shifting away from God in our society, and I'm not here to have an end-of-the-world kind of message for you. But hope. The fact that, yeah, it is. And so we have to stand firm. We have to stand strong. Okay? You, you have a choice to make as a Christ follower. You can either be the, the thermostat, okay, or the thermometer. And what I mean by that is this. God is calling you not to reflect culture, but to start setting it by living out what it means to be a Christ follower set apart. You're not called to be a puddle. You're called to be a waterfall. You're not called to be just pebbles. You're called to be a boulder that people look to and run to and set up camp on. Okay? You're not called to be the seagulls. Okay? You're called to be that eagle that is just soaring. You're not called to be little saplings, but you're called to be a big red, the red pine. You're called to be set apart. When we give our lives to Christ, that's what he asks of us. I'm going to pray for you. God, I just thank you for everyone here. Lord, I thank you for the fact that when we say that we're a Christ follower, that alone sets us apart. And today, Lord, I know you have set us apart because of that, Lord. And I just pray right now, if there's anyone here that has not said yes to you today, I pray that they would today. Today would be their day, Lord. Right now, would you just speak to our hearts, Lord, whether we're here, whether it's somebody listening online, God, that we just say yes to you. We give you our lives, Lord. We love you. We serve you. And for those of us that maybe, maybe it's guilt because we're going, man, I should be set apart. I'm not. And God, that's not from you. Maybe it's a gentle conviction of going, I want to live more for Christ. And if that's the case, God, would you give them the power of the Holy Spirit to live that out for you all the days of their life? We bless you today, Lord, as we serve you. God, would our action step go from here and to live this week knowingly and purposely set apart for you. The moment we leave those doors, the moment that we walk outside and we smell the air, we see the trees or we see the nature, we're reminded of today's word, God, that we're set apart for you. Would we do that as we can show love to those that maybe disagree with us, maybe those that, that don't see it the same way, but you've put us in there for a reason. Would you allow us to live that out today? God, would you bless every person here, whether it's their first time or whether it's their hundredth time, and just give them a phenomenal Mother's Day as we celebrate you. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Hey, come on, let's give God some praise. Come on, can we do that? Let's give him some clap. 
This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.